This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life, and that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. Great to have you as always. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, Please go to AmericanOutRadio.com and uh, check out what I'm doing there tonight, 6 to 9 Eastern and... Also, uh, you can listen to last week's shows if you missed any, AmericanOutRadio.com slash podcast. We are working on additional platforms for the podcast of the American Out Show, including, by the way, if you didn't already know this, uh, you can listen on the Blaze Radio stream every night. Buck Sexton with American Now is on the Blaze Radio. It's on from 11 p.m. to, or sorry, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. So you can listen to it there. You can also download the podcast of it there as well. So uh, I am on the Blaze Radio stream, and of course, every day here with you, 12 to 2 p.m. It was quite a turnaround last week uh, for the Trump administration. It was really astonishing uh, when you look at how much the media thought they had the Trump team on the ropes, how much they really, truly believed that they were in a position to do damage to this administration. And then Donald Trump comes out with a press conference that was one of the more entertaining press conferences. No, no, scratch that. It was the most entertaining press conference I've ever seen. No question about it. The most entertaining press conference I have ever seen. Okay, so we start there. It was incredible. Uh, And I'm not saying that everything he said was true. I'm not saying I loved everything he said in terms of the content, but to have him call CNN not fake news, but very fake news, was hilarious. A lot of the stuff he did. And watching the press response to all of this, they really do think that they are the center of American democracy, that they are the center of our civic life, and that any assault on them is some sort of irreparable, irrevocable, uh, mortal sin for the republic. It's just not true. Why can't the president criticize the press? What is this notion that the press should be above reproach? Donald Trump isn't saying, I'm going to lock up members of the press. If he did, I would stand against him. And I believe if he did, people would pressure the Republicans in Congress to get him to either knock it off or, yeah, then there are procedures in place in our system to remove a rogue president from office. But he's nowhere near that. It's just not even worth talking about. 
He makes fun of the press sometimes. Why do we have to think it's okay? I really have to ask this. Why do we have to think it's okay that the press are 90% Democrat, 95% Democrat, whatever the real number is? We, we think that that means that we're getting an honest shake. We're getting an honest uh, and forthright discussion of what's happening happening in this country. Of course not. That's complete and utter nonsense, and we should see it as such. It's so refreshing. I work in the media ever since I've been reading the newspapers and paying attention to the world, which really I'd say is probably junior year of high school. I started to become politically conscious. Uh, and ever since I've, I've been involved in these issues on my own way, whether it was just reading at home or however, I've just been completely flabbergasted by how much of the narrative is determined by leftist Democrats who think that their version of the world is the only version of the world and that anybody who challenges that need be either mocked or uh, minimalized or destroyed, one of the three. It's never that they like their point of view and you like your point of view and that's all supposed to be okay. They don't have a live and let live mentality at all. And I just think it's about time we stopped allowing... I mean, it, it is. People now are starting to use pearl clutching and snowflake on the left, I see, because they, they don't like it when it's applied to them because it, it hits home. So now they're trying to confuse things by taking it, by appropriating terms like pearl clutching and snowflake and use them against conservatives because it stings, because it's true. The progressive leftist, the Democrat response to so much is, oh my gosh, it's so terrible, what are we going to do? Or... Uh, well, yeah, that, that's the pro-clutching version. Or, you can't say that, it creates an unsafe space and it makes me sad, and, and making it sad is basically an attack on me, so it's almost like violence, so I'm going to use violence to stop you. I'm going to throw things at you and shout you down and punch you if I have to, because I'm a snowflake. Yeah, that's the way that they act. It's really common. It's part of the mentality of being a Democrat is acting in that way for... A lot of people, not all of them, but so many that it's worth pointing out and it's worth paying attention to. So Trump turned everything around with his uh, press conference. He put a stop. Uh, he, he really stopped the bleeding that the administration was having in the press. Oh, Flynn is gone. Oh, it's just so terrible. What are we going to do now? It's, there's no national security advisor. As I've pointed out to you. Okay, I mean, General Mattis is Secretary of Defense. You've got a huge military, national security, and intelligence apparatus in this country full of professionals, full of patriots, doing their jobs. That doesn't stop because you don't have an NSA for a few days. They never make such a big deal out of this. And I, I will get into some of the investigation stuff and all of the, oh, we're going to find out what's going on with Russia. I just want to know, when nothing is found, and I know that the response to nothing being found will probably be from those who are saying that Trump is uh, a traitor and would, and would and betrays America, has betrayed America, and would continue to be, betray America for Russia. I know that those who take that point of view will most likely, at least many of them, say that even when nothing is found to support that point of view, when, when the, there's investigation after investigation, and nothing comes out of it that proves that point, they'll just say, well, we haven't found out yet. It needs more investigation. It needs more investigation can become a form of intellectual dishonesty. And I want us all to be very clear on that. You know, it's like saying, oh, well, it just it needs more study. Well, some things are always in a constant process of study. But, you know, you can't walk around claiming, for example, at least not in my view, 
You can't walk around claiming, well, we're going to make people live to 200. Um, you just need It just needs more study, and then we'll be able to do it. Okay, well, maybe it needs more study, but you can't walk around claiming we're going to expand life expectancy to 200. That's a dishonest thing to do. I can't say that you're wrong, but you can't say that you're right, and you're the one making the, not you, you know what I mean, the royal you, the general you. One cannot make that claim. But there was the press conference, and then over the weekend, there was this rally in Melbourne. And I have to tell you, the Trump press conference was the most effective press conference I've ever seen him give. It completely shut down the media-feeding frenzy. He was just smacking the piranhas left and right, punching the sharks in the nose as they were coming in for the feeding frenzy. And they were shocked by it, of course, as they always are. And then in Melbourne, over the weekend, he gave this rally, and it was quite a rally. He, of course, goes after the media. Here are some of the highlights. I'll get into more of this, too, with you as well. Of the fake news. The dishonest media, which has published one false story after another, with no sources, even though they pretend they have them, they make them up in many cases. They just don't want to report the truth, and they've been calling us wrong now for two years. They don't get it, but they're starting to get it. I can tell you that. They've become a big part of the problem. They are part of the corrupt system. Thomas Jefferson, Andrew Jackson, and Abraham Lincoln, and many of our greatest presidents fought with the media and called them out, oftentimes, on their lies. When the media lies to people, I will never, ever let them get away with it. I will do whatever I can that they don't get away with it. They have their own agenda, and their agenda is not your agenda. Very true words from the President of the United States. What he's saying is true. They have an agenda, and it is not the agenda that matters to huge swaths of the American public, huge sections of the American public. Uh, The media does, uh, overall and in general, look at average, everyday Americans with disdain. They think people, particularly without a college degree and who don't have a passport for their frequent travels internationally and who don't embrace that a man can become a woman with thoughts that they're a woman and that just go down down the line of, of what progressives believe now. That social justice means that you can Uh, You can truncate, you can limit, you can take away the rights of an individual because of what was done, not by him or her, but because of their racial identity, their ethnic identity, uh, their religious identity, and based upon the the prevailing political orthodoxy of the day, uh, they can have their rights uh, forgotten about because of rights that were not fully realized for other groups in the past, i.e. affirmative action and social justice, balancing of uh, you know, different groups and identity groups and how they, they want hate speech now to uh, 
make it so that you can't even discuss the threats from, say, radical Islam, and you just go down the line. Um, Trump rejects all of this. I understand that the, the hesitations that we... Look, I shared a lot of the hesitations about Trump, and I still have my hesitations and my concerns, and I still watch all of this warily. But I got to say, this is such a breath of fresh air after just the nonsense of eight years of Obama and just the smugness. And here's what I, what I really want to get to. Uh, the dominant, the predominant political orthodoxy of the Democratic Party and the progressive left, of people who hate Trump, of Hillary voters, of Barack Obama voters, it's not everybody, I can't speak about everybody, but the dominant orthodoxy is one that is uh, unkind, that crushes people to make political examples of them, that does not respect individual freedom and difference, that does not view people as individuals, but always as members of groups, and then takes it upon itself to balance out which groups need what and who gets what for whom and and that they are willing to ruin lives, ruin reputations, end careers, and even take away people's freedom for the wrong thoughts. These are the animating forces behind the American left today. This is why you can't walk around your office or even a barbecue in your own backyard if the wrong kind of people are there, meaning Democrats, and speak your mind and be honest about what's happening to you and be honest about what you think is going on in this country. It's a very particular kind of narcissism and virtue signaling that allows progressives in this country to sneer at anyone who points out that massive migrant waves into Europe from the Muslim world haven't really worked out so well so far. And in some places, there have been really uh, terrible effects of this, whether we're talking about terrorism or the... Uh, mass sexual assaults that have occurred, and, and that we're supposed to ignore this, or rather, if you're not willing to ignore this, you're a bad person, and those who will ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist, they're the good people. Uh, that's what just rubs me and, and so many others the wrong way, and that's why the fact that Trump isn't so sophisticated in his thinking about these issues is really, in large part, his appeal. He just sees things the way that a normal person who hasn't been indoctrinated, who hasn't been constantly uh, bombarded with this social justice messaging, he just sees it the way that a normal person would. Trump is a billionaire, but he sees everyday life like a construction worker or a plumber or, a, or anybody. And that's not to single out any one profession. I'm just saying he's like a, like a normal person doing a job. He doesn't see everyday life like a journalist, like a psychotherapist, like a career politician. Uh, he, he doesn't see it like a Hollywood actor, even though he's had so much media exposure and is really a creature of the media in many ways. You know, you get the sense that the and this is why also the left was like, oh, Trump is a trust fund baby. I mean, he is. And his, his children have inherited a lot of money, too. And I think. People need to be careful when they start to hold up. Yeah, I think it's his children. Look, I know one of his children, one of his uh, children very well, um, or not anymore, but I used to know her very well. But they're nice people and and they're smart. And you know, I, I don't think that we should all sit around uh, worshiping how impressive they are. They've been given a lot, 
I don't mean a lot like a lot of opportunity. They've literally been given a lot. But the point is that, yeah, Trump is really rich and he's given his kids and his family a lot. But he sees things the way that just the normal average Joe sees things uh, in, in so many different contexts. And that has real appeal. And that's why when he goes to these rallies, people are fired up. In fact, Thomas Jefferson said, nothing can be believed which is seen in a newspaper. Truth itself, he said, becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle. That was June 14th, my birthday, 1807. But despite all their lies, misrepresentations, and false stories, they could not defeat us in the primaries, and they could not defeat us in the general election, and we will continue to expose them for what they are, and most importantly, we will continue to win, win, win. There are so, there are so many that look at or listen to this rhetoric, and all they want to say is how empty it is, and they forget that after eight years of pretending that Obama was a genius, which he most certainly was not, and eight years of pretending that hope and change was a slogan with meaning, which it was not, and eight years of acting like every Obama speech off a teleprompter was, uh, you know, Churchill's, we, w- we will fight them on the beaches speech. I mean, a- after that, th- they have no credibility now to point at this, which is really an issue of taste and what resonates and say that it's terrible. No one wants to listen to it. All right, team, we've got a lot more. 888-900-3393. We will be right back. You're listening to The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life, and that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. This is the Buck Sexton Show. All right, team, welcome back. Great to have you. As always, 888-900-3393 if you want to call in on the phone lines. So Reince Priebus, White House Chief of Staff, was on uh, Fox on Sunday uh, with Chris Wallace, and he was asked about this tweet where Trump referred to the media as the enemy. I just wanted to share... Uh, I wanted to share a little bit of this one with you. The fake news media, failing New York Times, NBC News, ABC, CBS, CNN, is not my enemy. It is the enemy of the American people. 
writes, the president believes that a free and independent press is a threat to the country? No, I think I think for the most part, and I, and I understand where he's coming from, um, is that there are certain things that are happening in the news that just aren't honest. And we're not talking about everyone, Chris. We're not talking about all news. But we're talking about something that I guess he's turned Okay, we get it. But you see, what I, so that's the response. He's just like, look, he's he's trying to call out the media, and maybe he goes a little little over sometimes. But uh, you know, calling them the enemy, I don't think he means they're the enemy. As in, well, Trump translation is a dangerous game to play. I'll admit that. But I don't think he means the enemy, as in people need to view them as uh, enemy, like you would in warfare. Obviously, but you're saying they're they're the opposition. I thought that. It was pretty funny when Bannon referred to a bunch of reporters who were lined up outside uh, an office in the White House as the opposition all lined up. I think it's true. Uh, look, I, I've I worked at CNN, and, and look, I'm I, I don't know how else to put this. I'm more adept and knowledgeable and smarter than a whole lot of people that get a lot of respect and are are treated way better than I ever was over there. And the reason is my politics. Uh, I mean, they'll bring complete clowns on over there and treat them like they're really worthwhile, have a lot to say, have a lot of knowledge, have a lot of worthwhile background, but they're Democrats. Someone like me, always marginalized, and they pretend to have voices over there and give them a fair shake, but it's not the case. And look at ABC, CBS, NBC. Who do you think most of those anchors are voting for? So it's very clear who the opposition party really is, and the media is a part of the opposition, and why is speaking the truth so uh, so terrifying to these people? I think that tells you a lot. All right, team, we're going to hit a break. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. All right, team, welcome back to the Freedom Hut. I can't let this go. I have to go back to it, Uh, the Trump-Melbourne rally. I said that last week I thought he gave one of the best, most effective, certainly most entertaining press conferences. Uh, It was the most entertaining press conference I've ever seen, bottom line. And it changed the whole narrative of of the news cycle. Remember, the media can process the news cycle. They can influence it. They can make determinations about it. But... Trump is a one-man news cycle. They can't ignore this new president. Uh, They know that. And there's only so much they can do. I mean, if he's going to give a press conference, what, are they going to have a media blackout on the president's press conference? Even if they try, think about that, if they even tried, he would just live stream it and Fox would play it and you'd be able to see it elsewhere and it would drive this media is dishonest narrative home even more if they did that. So they have to cover it. And while they can say he's terrible, he's horrible and go through all the snowflake stuff and all the pearl clutching there's only so much they can do to change uh, to, to change the perception that people watching things would have especially when it's trump providing the raw material in this case a press conference and then a rally on saturday but he gave that really effective press conference and then he gave this ra- during this rally he did something that i thought from the perspective of just political optics and w- what his movement such as it is is all about was a stunt was just it was brilliant it was brilliant and he called this 
guy on stage who seemed like, again, a very average Joe kind of guy. This isn't some fancy individual. This is just somebody who's trying to make a go of it in life and believes in Donald Trump. We'll see if that belief is well-founded or not, but he believes in Donald Trump. And Trump's doing a rally. Remember, this is the president of the United States now. This isn't even a candidate. He's at a rally. There's Secret Service everywhere. And this was amazing. If you didn't see it, it was worth watching the video too. He's at a rally, and he calls somebody from the crowd that he does not know. He calls that person up on stage. He calls him up. And and the Secret Service, you can see in one of the videos, are trying to bar this guy's path. But... Trump is just saying, no, 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 let him through. He's not going to hurt me. He's going he's gonna to hug me or kiss me or something. Let him through. This is, this is the kind of stuff. And I always say this about pre- We have gotten into this mode, everybody. We need to stop. Where the president, oh, gosh, the president he needs to have like a, you know, this phalanx of a thousand vehicles with him at all times. And No. Okay. Well, yeah. If the president's going to visit Baghdad, whatever security measures they want to take, fine. I'm all for it. As a taxpayer, fine. But we got to stop acting like, you know, the, the president is this delicate flower and can't, I don't know, I mean, whatever happened is sort of shaking hands and walking around. I mean, now, if you've ever lived in D.C., you'll see what I mean. They shut down the entire roadway between the Naval Observatory and the White House and other places. So they can shuttle these uh, these politicians back and forth. You know, you look at other countries and the, 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 prime, or the prime minister, the premier, whatever, the president... It's like an armored car or two with a bunch of guys with machine guns, and they just go about their business. Man, the, the president can, the president should be able to go with Secret Service and go for a walk, all right? Uh, anyway, um, so he calls up the, this young uh, this guy from from the crowd. It's a pretty amazing sequence. I just want to play some of the audio for you on this, and you'll you'll get the picture as Trump describes it. This guy is great. Don't worry about him. No, 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 no. Come here. He's literally telling Secret Service that he's waving them off. Come on, come here. This guy, so he's been all over television saying the best things, and I see him standing, and then you get here like at four in the morning, say a couple of words to this crowd. Mr. President, thank you, sir. We the people... All movement is the reason why our president of the United States is standing here in front of us today. When President Trump, during, during their election, promised all these things that he was going to do for us, I knew he was going to do this for us. Thank you so much, sir. A star is born. A star is born. Thank you, man. That's fine. I wouldn't say that Secret Service was thrilled with that. But we know our people, right? We know our people. Let me ask you, do any of you think for one second that in the first few weeks of his presidency, Barack Obama would have called a stranger up from the crowd, waved off the Secret Service, given the guy a big handshake and told him just just go for it? 
I, I have to say this uh, this notion that is is peddled by so many that that Trump represents uh, dangerous uh, dangerous populism. To me, that's that would have to indicate that those same people saying that believe that there are tens of millions of Americans who have really dangerous political ideas. And when I hear the Trump supporters saying what it is that they want and, and believe in, and I'm not talking about the internet trolls and the alt-right and the other uh, much magnified by the media uh, sub-elements and subsets of the, you know, the, the movement of people that are supportive of Trump, for which he is not responsible. I mean, if if the alt-right is responsible, or if Trump is responsible, rather, for uh, neo-Nazis like uh, Spencer, then you have to also say that environment, environmentalist terrorists and the New Black Panther Party and other just completely out there insane groups of the left, that Barack Obama is responsible for them. I know some of you are saying, well, Buck, actually, if you try to trace back the roots of the Democratic Party to some of these other groups and Soros, and I, I know, I know, but I, I wouldn't sit around claiming that uh, Obama was, was giving orders to any of those groups or he was tied to them, and that's what people say about Trump. But I don't understand the fear, and maybe this is because, and I, I put this out there as, as a means of establishing with all of you some credibility about where I am and all this. I, just, I grew up in New York City, and so Trump was around here, and we all kind of knew him. I mean, Trump is almost like a, a New York City mascot in a way. He's just well-known here, and you all know, because I've told you that I, I was friends with his daughter for a number of years. She was a very nice, very normal girl. Is she still normal? I mean, is she? does she now think that she's super special? I have no idea. I hear nice things about her. She's still friends with a number of my of my good friends. Uh, but she was a really great girl. I, I have a really hard time believing that someone that I knew and someone whose family I spent time around, I didn't know Trump well at all, I shouldn't say. I met him a couple times, but his family I knew, that they're about to be uh, the vanguard of some sort of fascist movement. It's just crazy talk. I, I will say this to you. There is a little bit of a goody two-shoe streak in conservatism. And I think it's because the progressive left is, is so bereft of any morals or any morality or any integrity that we try to counter that by being very fastidious and you know, conservatism is much more uh, associated, of course, with real religiosity with people that are that are are at least in Christianity and Judaism. I mean if you're if you're a believing traditional Christian, a believing traditional uh, orthodox Jew, you are very likely if not entirely conservative, certainly have conservative leanings. So, uh, you know, you, you look at this and and you can see how okay, conservatism therefore is associated with taking moral stances and moral positions. Whereas uh, the Democrat Party and liberalism and progressivism is, identif- is identified with just taking whatever stance feels good, and uh, and it's really the erasing of borders and boundaries, with the exception, of course, of constantly trying to destroy your political opposition. Right. So you know you can believe anything in liberalism except that there's morality. I mean, you can believe anything in liberalism except that. Uh, marriage is between a man and a woman. I mean, you, you can believe anything in liberalism except that you know, maybe you should wait until you're married to have kids. You know, th- these sorts of these sorts of things. Uh, you know, it, it's open to everything except what what is in opposition to 
conservatism. But, and, and I, I want to say this, there's also a, a strain of conservatism that's a little that's a little too plain and a little too there there can be not pearl clutching but a, a grumpiness uh, a lack of fun and vibrancy i don't mean in the ideology i mean among conservatives i also believe by the way and this is just a side note and this is where i come down on on these issues i, I can't say that i can prove this but my sense of the arts and how conservatives aren't well represented in the arts is not that conservatives are less likely to be creative. It's that that's the original place where you've seen a lot of um, well, what's happened on college campuses uh, has happened even before then in Hollywood and the arts and in theater, whereby if you, you know, because you're talking to people who are creative and they're operating in fantasy land, literally in fantasy land a lot of the time. They, they tend not to like to be around people that are rooted in reality and believe in right and wrong and believe in, in substance. And yeah, you see, you see where I'm going with this. But I, I do think that conservatives uh, can produce their own creatives and have, of course. And I don't just mean writers, but I mean people that are involved in you know, movie making and act, arts, artists, people that paint things and sculpt things. But they've been pushed out of that and you're you recognize if you're going to be in the creative fields and you're going to have conservative politics that you're going to run up against all sorts of problems and you know anyway i i digress i know this is this is a bit of a digression but i'm, I'm trying to bring this all the way back now to okay so the goody two-shoes strain within conservatism uh there can you know a little bit of a sour attitude towards things can be prevalent sometimes uh, also there's there's an unforgiving streak in conservatism um, and of course the left then uses this as a battering ram against us or that that we have principles at all becomes weaponized on the left and anytime a conservative politician does something that is morally unbecoming not i'm not even talking about in office unethical or illegal but just that's morally unbecoming usually it has to do with infidelity or something along those lines you know, conservatives have a problem with that. Liberals could care less. I mean, we're liberals. It's, you know, who, who, what does that matter? Unless it's a conservative, in which case there's, you know, it's, it's hypocritical. Um, and so I know that this is, I think, part of the objection to Trump is that he's not. And by the way, I'm trying to work my way through a lot of this Trumpism that's going on right now because I'm sick of hearing the same things from everybody all the time about this. I, I'm really trying to think about this from many different angles. It's very easy to say, that Trump is, you know, uh, an overtanned, weird-haired, vulgarian billionaire who's just speaking to the the lowest common denominator on the right and everything. Uh, one, I, I think that's I think it's unfair. I think it's oversimplified, and I think that it's important now to take a step back and really forget about what was said during the primary about uh, Trump and his promises and everything, because now we can evaluate them as they come along. So I don't care what people's predictions were. I want to see what Trump does and i want to see uh, what his presidency is like that's much more important to me than the predictions from uh fellow conservatives and i so there's a there's a goody two-shoes aspect to it which i find very unbecoming and annoying it's one of the parts of conservatism that's always been i i think uh, difficult for me because i'm i tend to be very uh forgiving of people that make you know they're the errors that we could all make and they're the errors that are really that show a really deep sociopathy or a really deep uh, evil or uh, cruelty or th those I do not forgive but you know people make mistakes and you look at Trump and his life and this is a guy that's you know he's got some scars not not physical that I know of but he's got some 
some scars. He's made some mistakes. Uh, but I would think that as a conservative, I don't need somebody in office. And this is where I diverge with well, a lot of them. And a lot of conservatives get mad at me when I say this. And it's cool. I'm just sharing with you how, how I'm thinking about this stuff right now. I may regret this in a day or two, team. But um, for me, uh, I don't need somebody in the White House who is a life lesson for me. I don't need a moral uh, a moral guide in the White House. I just need somebody who loves this country and does a good job and does what's right for the American people with the powers that are given to him by the people and the Constitution. That's all I need. I don't really care. And, you know, we tried Mitt Romney, and it's not like the left gave us any credit. We tried we tried squeaky clean. We tried family man, above reproach, successful, smart, handsome, kind, polite, brilliant. All We tried all that with Romney. Look where it got us. Now we've got Trump. It's a little different. And I haven't seen anything that he's done as president that's going to make your life or my life so far worse. And in terms of the narrative, and I'll, I'm, I'll probably speak a little more about narrative in this side of the break because I got a lot to share on that too. But team, I got to hit a break here and I'll be right back. Stay with me. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Hey team, it's Buck. I, I went super long there and I got all into the discussion of Trump. So uh, this is going to be a, a real quick one before we go into break. Um, but I just wanted to say that our sponsor this hour is silencershop.com. Simply the best place you can go, period, is Silencer Shop. They've got all of the best brands. They've got fantastic prices. The customer service is excellent. If you're thinking about a silencer for your farm, the place to go is silencershop.com. You can see the testimonials on the site. You can see everything they've got going on there. And when it comes to getting the paperwork done properly, Silencer Shop has got you covered. They've done tens of thousands of those transactions in just the year 2016 or 2015 alone. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's the best place to go. So go to silencershop.com, silencershop.com, and help make the world a quieter place. And uh, hour two coming up, I want to talk to you a bit about uh, attacking the narrative and what that really means and why I think I'm giving some leeway to Trump here. Maybe I'm just in a Trumpy mood because I had a good weekend, but uh, team will be back. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. 